Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 20. From multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, how'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning, and then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. So it is episode 68 of the Operator Podcast. I'm your host, Former Navy SEAL Robert J. O'Neill. Tuesday, Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. What a wonderful time. I was talking to my wife, Jessica, and she said some of the most fun she had on Halloween was in college. I guess the I, she was saying something like the college, um, the college Halloween parties start on Thursday. And so obviously today is Tuesday, which is Halloween actual, if you will. But they start on Thursday and as poor college students, I guess, the students go out and buy different things to wear, and you start off slow. You get into, I guess, your good stuff. I don't know what that means. Uh, girls dress up differently than guys on Halloween. I, I think Halloween for the party goers, if you will, is Saturday night before Halloween. I think even if it's on a Thursday, you still celebrate Saturday night. But I guess the Thursday prior to the Halloween, you start off slow, and you gradually build it up, as opposed to the way I used to run during like base tours and physical training, PT, if you will, at SEAL Team 2, I would start off slow and then gradually taper off. When I would work out and run, kind of like now too, uh, I don't run for speed, but I run for accuracy. I want to end up exactly where I started. But she said like a Thursday night in college, one one day Jessica said she dressed as a skunk, which is pretty easy. I guess you get a, a white boa, like one of those scarves, wear a black workout suit and put the shit down in the back of your thing and then you're a skunk and you go out whatever hot girls get free drinks whatever that is then friday night you wear she was up in boston so you wear your jersey like i'm kevin McHale for friday then saturday comes up and then sunday whatever football sunday but today is halloween and we're gonna get into that i have a few t-shirts i've been dying to wear i, I ordered some t-shirts online last year and they got here in november so I saved them up. They've been sitting in my closet and or chest of drawers until today. So I'm going to try to break all my stuff out there. It is fun, though. I enjoy the trick-or-treaters. I enjoy the – you know what we're going to do is talk about some of the favorites because every every um, season it seems like there are favorite movies, favorite meals, stuff like that. When do you stop – when do you take down the Halloween decorations and put up Thanksgiving or do you skip that? And go right to Christmas. I know Christmas is right around the corner. Big money for uh, companies, but a lot of fun for everybody. When do you take them down? Uh, what movies do you watch? And what is a Halloween movie? What is a Thanksgiving movie? What is a Christmas movie? Like, people argue that um, 
Full Metal Jacket is not a Christmas movie. I, I think it could be. I think if anything is, if it associates that holiday, it could be that uh, that type of movie. So we'll get into some Halloween movies. And I don't think necessarily horror movies make a Halloween movie. They're scary movies, but family movies, stuff that's fun to watch. I'm a big believer that it's okay to be afraid because fear makes you think more clearly. And fear, 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 fear makes you do stuff. Um, we, you know, uh, fight or flight type stuff. But you can hear everything in your house when you watch scary movies. I don't necessarily think horror movies per se are Halloween, but some good scary ones are awesome. The Hallow, I'm sorry, yeah, the Halloween series. I think there's uh, the original Hall- Halloween movie with the Scream Queen, Jamie Lee Curtis. Still a big fan of of her. Loved her in the Halloween movies, really liked her in Trading Places. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. That's more of a Christmas movie, Trading Places, but uh, nonetheless, a great, great movie. But uh, the Halloween series, I think there's 10 sequels, and they're all great because, I mean, Mike Myers is, uh, Michael Myers is an awesome, he's not even a bad guy, though. I mean, he's, he's demonic. And he kills people with a knife and other in various ways, but you kind of dig him. You're obviously on Jamie Lee Curtis' side, but um, Mike Myers is just fun to watch. He never goes away. And like even one of the most recent ones, when I guess they captured him allegedly, and he's at that prison. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin it. But they show him from behind without the mask on. They seem to kill him in every episode, but he comes back. So the Halloween stuff is great. I a uh, huge fan of The Exorcist, the original. Two wasn't great. Three was just. It was there's a scene in there. I don't I won't watch three again, but I watched the new one last night because I needed to report on it and give you my feedback because I'm a big fan of the Exorcist. Big fan of how it came up, how William Peter Blatty wrote the Exorcist, the movie, and what happened in the movie. Um just overall scary because I think movies like that, and I have I'm gonna go over my top ten Halloween movies for different reasons. But movies like um me personally, having been overseas, having seen the things that I've seen, the things that my team of I and I have seen, you know, obviously real threats, gunfights, explosions, car bombs, IED, suicide bombers, things like that. Uh, I'm not afraid of a dude with a knife coming into my house because, you know, I get another kill and a free knife, whatever. But I think that, like, the, the, um, the faith-based movies, the demonic-type movies that... I don't want to, you know, I don't want to run into a knife-wielding maniac in my kitchen at 3.30 in the morning, right around the witching hour. Uh, I definitely don't want to run into a demon in my closet. So that kind of gets the back, you know, again, when fear comes in, watching The Exorcist last night, the new one, um, you can hear stuff in the house and you kind of look for things. Even this morning waking up, didn't have any bad dreams, but I went downstairs. I'm, I'm you know, I'm clearing my corners as I went to make my coffee. But Halloween is one of the best ones. Like, even growing up, We'll go over the candy thing, too. We talked about candy a week ago. I want to go over uh, my favorites and my least favorites. And people have argued. I brought up um, candy corn and black licorice. Nobody likes black licorice. But I got a call from Tiny. I got to get Tiny on here. I've talked about him before. Worked with him at SEAL. I actually, he was one class behind me at Buzz. We were together at SEAL Team 2. Ton of stories there. He was at uh, SEAL Team 6, and then he worked security for me. But I said nobody likes black licorice, and he called me and said, uh, I like black licorice, which is fair. I'm not going to argue with him. He could tell me he likes to eat pavement. Cool. 
enjoy. Watch your teeth, bud. But uh, he, he was cool because he hit me up and said that he'd been listening to the podcast. And it was it was it meant a lot to me when when Tiny said uh, I can uh, I listen to your podcast and it's like sitting in a room with you again. Tiny's one of my best friends and just sitting there listening to my stories it's it's pretty cool because we I mean no shortage of fun definitely some adventures. Speaking of Jessica, I, uh, Tiny asks if um if uh, if Jessica doesn't like him. I said no she she doesn't not that she doesn't like you she doesn't like us because <laughs> uh, back in the day yeah. Back in the recent past, me and Tiny have had some good times. But he likes black liquors. I don't. I like candy corn. Some people claim it is the worst. I think candy corn gets a bad rap. I like it. I, now, I have an issue with, I don't trick or treat anymore. But uh, if I did, because back in the day in Butte, Montana, I would carry a pillowcase around. And you just fill your pillowcase with candy. I don't want some dude dropping a handful of candy corn in my bag. Because I don't know where that hand has been. I don't want to know. But, uh, you know, the candy corn, I don't know if it comes in a, uh, in a, you know, one of those boxes. But uh, if, if it does throw that in there. I also was a big fan. I was talking to one of my daughters yesterday. And she said they, that, that she got um, full-on candy bars instead of, like, the minis. And I asked her why. And she goes, you know, creative people, creative kids that come to the door, um, they get if they're really creative, they get a candy bar. I remember being a kid, man. You get a candy bar, the full on. Uh, you, you're having a good night. So, uh, talk about movies, talk about candy, talk about Halloween. Maybe some of the traditions, I don't know, but people do. It's a blast. I will need to get into some current events because there's just stuff going on. And, and unfortunately, due to the um, media getting blasted in your face, the 24-hour news cycle, social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you kind of hear stuff and then you forget about it. And and um, some things take a back burner. Some things take a front burner. Obviously, what's going on in Israel, Hamas. Uh, what's going on at college campuses around the world and restaurants and the stuff in Russia. Pretty bad stuff going. Speaking of scary, it's getting scary. World War Three is scary. Holy War is scary. A lot of wars based on religion. And I don't think religion is the problem. I think re- religion, I mean, I think I'm not going to do this today. It's Halloween. But we kind of, it always goes back to the same place. And I don't think religion necessarily is a problem. It's what man does with it, like everything else. Every other problem is because of what man does with it. Because we can say that uh, God is great, but then all of a sudden they suck because they don't. Like, what did uh, George Carlin say? Do you believe in God? No. Boom, dead. Do you believe in God? Yes. Do you believe in my God? No. Boom. Dead. So it's whatever man does for a lot of times for personal gain, usually for personal gain, what they can do for themselves, what they, I mean, some religions have been changed simply because a king in England uh, couldn't get a divorce. So he just started a new religion, new religion. That's a, I used to wear new religion jeans too, but uh, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of, um, things that are affecting the economy, a lot of stuff going on here, everything from the open borders to the, uh, the administration that's in the office now, printing money, making your money worth less. I saw today, I think, that uh, a Big Mac, it might have been in Times Square, some, uh, somewhere around, well, McDonald's, I guess, was reporting its profits, and they're, they're, they're making more money than they thought, and that has something to do with the fact that a Big Mac in some places costs like $19. Like, they still call it a value, a value meal. They still call it a value meal. That value meal for a Big Mac, medium drink, medium fries, is like 19 bucks. The cheapest item on there, uh, I think in Times Square, again, I'm saying that because that's a pretty expensive place, the cheapest 
thing of small fries is uh, two dollars and forty nine cents. That's a lot for smaller to fries. And I, you know, I had a platoon chief once that he did some basic math. If it's two fifty, he said that uh, it's simple. The two fifty plus two fifty is four fifty, which to me the math doesn't add up. But what I, I um, you know, it is funny talking about stuff like that. This um, this dude was telling a joke on Instagram the other day, and he said. Uh, he said that he found some a new employment in the um, a side gig, a side hustle, and he said, "What I've been doing is I've been uh, giving blowjobs in the alley." And the guy looked at him and goes, "That's that's a horrible idea. You shouldn't be doing that." And he said, "No, it's fine." Um, last Saturday, I made three hundred fifty dollars and fifty cents. He goes, "Oh my God, who gave you fifty cents?" And he goes, "Well, all of them." It's a lot of math, but uh, not my joke. Someone else said that I don't want to give credit where credit is not due. But we're going to get into things like that. And, I, you know, again, apologize for the the, the sailor mouth. I was uh, enlisted in the Navy for a long time. I worked with a lot of great people. And we, our job was to go over and, and hurt people. So uh, I'm not a good politician. I'm not squeaky clean, and I, I, don't, uh, I don't type words up on my pages where I put a little star in the U for the F word. It's like, you know what, either you take it or leave it. This is what you get. But that is the Operator Podcast. It's going to be fun. We're talking about Halloween today. And it's going to be a good time. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, What is happening in the world, though, we need to... It's disturbing because I think a lot of our our kids are being told the wrong stuff. And they're not not using... They're not using their heads like the, the, the I've mentioned this and you hear it a lot now, too. They say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And what they're not. Ask, first of all, ask them on the map where Israel is. They probably can't tell you. And then when you say from the river to the sea, which river do you mean? And show them a map and they might point to the Euphrates, not even knowing how to pronounce it, not realizing that's actually in Iraq. Um, but it's the Jordan River on the border of Jordan and Israel. On the east side of Israel, the West Bank is the western side of the Jordan River, and then the sea is the Mediterranean Sea, and that's the Gaza Strip and and the West Bank. And what you're actually saying is from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And what does that mean? Well, we're going to get rid of Israel. And how do you get rid of Israel? Well, we talked about man's version of it. We don't like what they do, so we're going to kill them all. That doesn't seem fair to me. Uh, Jewish people have been persecuted forever. The reason Israel is there is because of what happened in Europe and, you know, parts of Russia and Ukraine in World War II. started in the 30s, but that's not the first time Jewish people have been persecuted. But after World War II, after the atrocities that— and atrocities is not a proper way to describe what happened in the Holocaust. Words don't don't describe what happened to those people and how they were ripped from their— Houses and and um, the death camps, the labor camps, the experiments that, that doctors did on Jewish patients. And don't think that they were using anesthesia, stuff like that. The, the horrors of what happened to the Jewish people. And after that, the world was big in the whole never again, never forget stuff like that that we see, seem to forget about. And so the world pretty much agreed that the Jewish people displaced in Europe and Russia and all over, well, pretty much all over the world, because you got to figure when when a lot of pe- a lot of Jewish people from Germany and Europe, um, Poland got on boats and tried to come over here, they were turned away by the United States, had to go back. But a lot of people nowadays are just saying that um, it didn't happen. 
It's made up. The Holocaust is made up, which is nonsense. But that's what they're saying now, and you see it happening again and again. People are like they're even saying right now with this, what just happened in Israel. Well, no pictures, no proof, which is complete nonsense because you couldn't handle it. This isn't a movie. And all these liberal professors running around preaching how bad Israel is, they couldn't handle this shit. That's why they have a cushy little job in a air-conditioned slash heated classroom because, uh, you know, they can tell you about stuff that someone else told them, but they don't have any experience. They're telling you how bad the Jewish people are because they love being victims. They love professional victims. They see the Palestinians as victims and the Jews as oppressor. oppressors, the Jewish people as oppressors. Um. But in 1948, the United Nations, which is one of the scummiest organizations on the planet, they all agreed to vote. And uh, I don't know why, but you got to have a vote. You know, I, I think Iran is on the, um, what is it, the Humanitarian Council or Human Rights Council or whatever. Iran. Let that one soak in. But uh, we need to vote because everyone's got to vote because of equity. We're all the same. Um they voted on Israel, and uh, 13 minutes after the vote, President Truman was the first world leader to recognize Israel as a sovereign state, and so they went there. That's how you get Israel. Voted on legal. A lot of people that are yelling about from the river to the sea can't find Israel on a map. And you know what else? They can't find Palestine on the map. <laughs> you know why? There isn't one. There was a woman I saw the other day talking about uh, how you got to save the oppressed people of Palestine. Palestine. I mean, there's a lot of stands out there with oppressed people. Not great parts of the world, but there's no Palestine either. Um, but they get these talking points where they don't really realize what they're saying to the fact that they see stuff on TikTok where it's okay to go around tearing down pictures of kidnapped babies, where they're from. I mean, I saw someone crossing out kidnap and, and put uh, tr um, ceasefire. The ceasefire would do no good. The ceasefire would tell Hamas to rebuild and do it again. And Israel can't have that. The Israelis go into the um, Gaza Strip and wipe out Hamas. And Hamas's tactic is to put people in hospitals next to weapons. They launch missiles right by them. They're headquarters underneath hospitals. Because they know... Israel drops leaflets, by the way, about 48 hours out, saying you need to leave because we're coming in to get Hamas because Hamas's M.O. is to keep civilians in front of it. Hamas took... Hostages. They are holding hostages, and the left is not even batting an eye on that. From the river to the sea, they have hostages. But what they want, Hamas wants, is Israel to crush them, and then they can show all the... Um, I hate the fact that kids are getting hurt in the bombs. I hate the fact that innocent people are getting hurt. It sucks, but that's Hamas doing it. Israel is not occupying the Gaza Strip. Hamas is. Hamas won't let people leave. They'll kill them if they leave. They want the destruction so they can play on your emotions and they know that all these softies that have, you know, lived under a blanket of freedom, not realizing who the bad guys are, will start screaming on them and making TikTok dances about them saying how bad Israel is. It's horrible. I saw a video, that, believe it or not, okay, they're going to lie to you. I was a battlefield interrogator for a long, long time. I've looked terrorists in the eyes. I have some pretty naughty pictures too. I, I'm not going to release those just yet. But I'm talking straight up mascara wearing Al-Qaeda dudes that I'm interrogating. And, and they, they lie to me. They lie to you. Hamas is lying to you now. They put up actors in different places. And there was one yesterday where they were, they were, they were uh, not, not that there's not people getting killed. There are people getting killed. Innocent people getting killed. It sucks there. It sucks in Ukraine. But who's doing it? 
There were they were filmed like you, I've seen the same guy, the same actor that was uh, as um, those savages were rolling through, massacring people, torturing people, raping people, putting babies in ovens, making parents watch, tying sisters together, burning them alive. There's a picture of a closet with bullet holes. The doors are open, bullet holes in the black uh, back, blood everywhere. Because two little girls try to hide in there. What do you think happened in there? Resistance? So there's a dude on on uh, whatever platform, and he's rolling around yelling, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, which is, is not God is great, by the way. It's God is greater than your God. My God is greater than your God. What did I say at the beginning? Boom, dead. God is great. But the God I believe in is not greater than your God. It's probably the same damn God. And he's frustrated, too. The God is frustrated, right? Maybe not, though, because God is infallible. We're not going to get into a big religious debate here. But same guy, Allahu Akbar. Then the same guy, same beard, same ugly-ass teeth, screaming that they're getting bombed. Then the same dude doing something. Like, and then I saw one, too. They have these people um, laid out underneath white sheets, and they're saying, look at the hundreds of people that were killed in the Israeli airstrike. As they're filming, one of the actors forgot that his ass itches. And you can see him itching his ass. That dude ain't dead. Someone say, so, so, someone give him CPR. He seems to be awake. He's itching his ass. But whatever, I don't know why these leftists, these Marxists that love chaos, they love chaos. And uh, they know that having these, if they can win over the kids, the younger generation that, that supports, they say Palestine and the Palestinians are supporting Hamas. If they can do that, they can keep, they can keep chaos reigning. Um, Hamas doesn't like you. Al-Qaeda doesn't like you and ISIS doesn't like Have you seen the videos of what they do to people? They would do that to you. I wouldn't do that to you. And you might be mad at me for saying some stuff, but I'm not doing that to you. And I fought these people. But they're saying it not realizing what they're saying. The sad truth is they're coming here. They're already here. Since Joe Biden was elected, 20 million is it 20 million? Might be, I'm sorry, 10 million. 10 million, because I remember the the uh, the um, the number 10 million, because that's how many people have come here since Joe Biden was like 10 million, which is the most ever, um, year by year. And um, I, I remember it's 10 million, because that's 3 million more than the city of New York. So 3 million more illegals have crossed the southern border than the city of New York, which is, I don't know if you've been to New York, but if you haven't, there's a lot of people there. Somewhere in there are bad guys, and not just from, I mean, China, yeah, uh, but but all over the world, speaking different languages, coming here. You think that you think they're not going to try to rise up here? And where's an easy place to go? Gun-free zones, right? What is a where's a good gun-free zone? Probably your local college campus, the place where they. Um, the college students, the college leftists are screaming how much they support Hamas and screaming defund the police. When Hamas shows up at a university campus and starts doing what Hamas do, who are the first people screaming to get rescued from the devils? The college kids. And to whom are they screaming? The police. Defund the police from the river to the sea. Somebody fucking come get me. And I'm not trying to be a downer on this whole happy Halloween, because believe me, if, if I could push a button and make everyone get along, that would be great. But 
a lot of people wouldn't be getting what they what they want. I mean, even when Yasser Arafat was running the PLO and they had like I think the Camp David Accord in two thousand, where Bill Clinton arranged for the Palestinians to meet with the uh, Israelis to talk about a two-state solution. There is going to be no two-state solution, by the way. Hamas does not want it. The Arab world doesn't want it. A lot of the bad guys in power, especially Iran, um, I say it differently because I really don't care. Um, Syria and Egypt, they don't really want it because they can they can kind of say Hamas did it. We didn't. I mean, we, we're funding over $1.5 to both Jordan and Egypt. Why? They're not doing anything. Israel just, just put up a... Um, a paper out where they said, why don't we just relocate the Palestinians to the Sinai Peninsula? Not a bad spot right near the uh, Red Sea, the Suez Canal. Don't swim in parts of the Red Sea because of uh, there was a really bad shark attack there. I'm not getting into that because I love sharks and sharks get a bad rap too. But uh, there's land there. They should, they said they want to put them in like a tent city and then restructure a city for them to live. But uh, that doesn't do well for the jihadi. So they don't want that, but that's a proposal. Uh, Saudi Arabia is not taking the Palestinians. Neither is Jordan. Uh, I doubt Lebanon's taking them. Nobody wants them. They talked to the Palestinians and said, um, "Why, with all the money that, uh, well, I mean, they say the UN is giving it, but basically all the money that the United States and Israel is giving them, why don't you build bomb shelters instead of all these tunnels and all these fighting positions? And the guy said, well, that's not our responsibility. That's the UN's responsibility. So a democratic, not democratically, sorry, an elected government, Hamas, because the Palestinians, bang my head against the fucking wall, elected Hamas. They don't want to take care of their people. They admitted it. The UN should do it. The UN, by the way, speaking of New York, that's where the UN headquarters is. That needs to be moved. You, I mean, New York's so screwed, the, like the rest of us, as far as taxes, because, I mean, this the, again, leftist policies coming home to roost. New York is complaining about it. They were all about being a sanctuary city until the sanctuarians started showing up. Now they can't do anything. Hotels make a lot of money because the government, you, taxpayers, pay for the rooms. They're going to keep putting them up because the, the, the government, Uncle Sugar, is going to pay because he doesn't audit himself. But they're starting to say, you know, we need more revenue. Well, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of great land there east side of New York where the U.N. is, useless U.N. They need to be moved. Mo- you know, tear that building down or actually ter- turn that into a homeless shelter <laughs> or, or high-end apartments, which you could. And put the U.N. somewhere else. Not necessarily a, um, a bad part of the world because a lot of the dignitaries, the honorable so-and-so comes from a shitty part of the world. But put it somewhere where there's real people. Like, you know, nothing against the Midwest, but put it in a flyover state. Put the UN there. Don't, stop giving them motorcades and protection and 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 uh, Michelin star restaurants to eat. You know, put them somewhere where there's real people. The the, the the you know Americans are paying the majority. Put them in the, put them in an American city. Let them deal with Americans for a while. Or why not throw them in Gaza? Get them out of New York. Th- give them to Kiev. Throw them in Ukraine. You see a um, a former diplomat from Ukraine was coming out talking about all the corruption. And uh, the, 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 I guess the Ukrainian government was saying, the uh, you need to sit down and just do your work. Don't stop spending so much. Spending what? Spending the money you send them. Money, money, money. Corruption going on. I'm not going to be depressed because we are going to get into the Halloween spirit. I don't want to talk about inflation. I don't want to talk about my... I do need to bring up... I do need to bring up the, the uh, potential economic meltdown because it is threatening your savings and retirement. I'm giving you one piece of advice because inflation, like I kept me- keep mentioning over and over, is at a 40-year high. 
And you budget every time you go to the grocery store, but it pinches your wallet. Gasoline prices have doubled since 2020. Your monthly bills are escalating. Inflation is that evil, silent force that eats away your purchasing power and ultimately your ability to save for retirement. Don't let this happen to you. Protect your retirement with my good friends at Allegiance Gold. Alex Mark and his team... They take the time to help you understand your options and make the best decisions for your future. Whether your goal is to own physical gold or silver or protect your IRA or 401k, the professionals at Allegiance Gold are ready to help. They've earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and have built relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Check out Allegiance Gold at protectwiththeoperator.com. Do it today. Protectwiththeoperator.com or give them a call 844-790-919. 844-790-9191. There you can get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase. Do not wait. Protect your future now with Allegiance Gold. Again, go check out protectwiththeoperator.com or give Allegiance Gold a call at 844-790-9191. But uh, it is Halloween, so I'm not going to take up all your time. You need to get your stuff on. Put some makeup or whatnot on. Get your kids out there. If you don't have kids, go out there and have fun. Get some candy and whatnot. Candy is good. I like candy. I know, you know, there's a lot of people on the internet who don't eat sugar, which is great. Be healthy. That's fine. It's actually great. Uh, myself, I have a bit of a sweet tooth, and I like candy. Um, and I mentioned earlier black licorice and candy corn. I personally think black licorice is... We're going to talk about scary movies, especially The Exorcist, one of my favorite movies of all time. If the devil liked candy, he would eat black licorice. Um, now candy corn, I have some right here. I bought some candy corn yesterday cause I was shopping for the trick or treaters to come uh, to my house. If they do, sometimes I've lived in places before where I've had my wife and I've had big bowls of candy and we've had no trick or treaters. I think no kidding the past uh, couple of years, we've had a whopping four total. So we ended up sitting around watching our favorite movies, eating candy, but candy corn, yummy, gets a bad rap. Um, it's usually at the bottom of the barrel. I like it. I think it's good because it's um, it's um, it's versatile. I think I enjoy the taste, and I just like sweets in general. But I'm looking through lists here, and again, I have a list of things. I have I have notes. I have magazines out. I'm trying to stay on top of everything, but I'm not necessarily organized today because it is fun to look around. It's kind of a. I mean, it's not necessarily a day off. I think you're probably working. I'm working. This is my job. But I have the computer up, and I'm looking at lists of favorite candies that are popular in America. And I have people that are listening overseas, too. Um, I want to hear what's popular over there, if you actually call it Halloween. What do you like? What do you do? I'm pretty sure in um, Ireland, they hand beer to the kids. But here's a list of the top 20 most popular candies in America, according to CandyStore.com. And they're not going to lie. Because they're a candy store. And candy's happy. Just ask Willy Wonka. But their list this year is, number one, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I mean, I can't even argue with that. That's a great... Because that's candy, it's chocolate, and it's protein in the peanut butter. Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And there's also there's also different ways to eat it. You can just pop it in your mouth, or you can uh, you know chew it on the sides, whatever you like. M&M's are next. M&M's a good one, too, because they come out with... Uh, all kinds of different stuff, too. Obviously, the originals and the peanuts are the favorites. I'm digging the peanut butter M&Ms myself because um, the peanut butter, the protein. I can lie to myself and say, good job. You you worked out a few days ago and get you some protein. 
Um, number, th- I don't get this one because it's there's some of these that make the list for the top ten. They also make the bottom ten. I'm going to different websites. They have okay. I just said I like them. I'm not sure about number three being hot tamales. They're a good candy. I'm going to revisit hot tamales. I didn't like them as a kid. I r- I'd rather went for like Mike and Ike. Similar uh, similar looks, but a different taste. I like hot food. I like spicy. I love Rob O'Neill's top secret hot sauce. But in my candy, I don't need it to be hot. You can find Rob O'Neill's hot sauce on Amazon. <laughs> um, Skittles, number four. Good call there. A little sugary. And I saw someone in, in a movie we watched the other day where they were putting Skittles in the popcorn. They were calling it movie salad. I think M&M's and popcorn is a better way to go if you're going to do that. I personally like popcorn by itself, a little extra butter and salt. Uh, M&M's on the side, but it is what it is. And then Sour Patch Kids comes in at number five. That's pretty good. I like Sour Patch Kids. And then another controversial candy that makes the top ten on some list, the bottom ten on the other, is Starburst. I dig Starburst. I don't think there's a bad flavor. I think red and pink are the best, but I'll throw an orange down like the rest of us. So Starburst, all right. Hershey Kisses. I dig those too. I recently learned a good way to make hot chocolate at home. With uh, you put in the hot chocolate, sorry, you put in the chocolate like a little, like a little uh, smoothie blender, the electric blender, like a like a ninja. Throw in the chocolate, throw in some regular milk, whole milk, and then hot water. Blend that up. But I use Hershey Kisses for that. Also, Hershey Kisses again are good to dip in peanut butter. Hershey Kisses are good. Look at this, number eight. I didn't see this candy corn. Say some shit. Number nine, Hershey's Mini Bars. Hershey's really making a run at this. Number nine. And then 10, I think my number one, but it's 10, is Snickers. Snickers is good. I've mentioned nougat and how I love it. Uh, Snickers, I don't think you're going to piss anyone off by giving them um, Snickers. You know, when I was young, well, young, I was still living up at 601 West Diamond in Butte, Montana, which means I was just going into fifth grade. I would heat up a Snickers in the brand new invention called a microwave and eat it with a fork. That is weird. Here's the top, uh, not even top 10. I got a list of the worst. Um, this is from News Nation. So I don't know what they know about candy. They know it's a time to dress up, carve some pumpkins, indulge in, eat some sweets, trick or treat. Uh, I heard a good one too that if you have young kids and they go out trick or treating, obviously stay with your kids because it's dangerous. But when you get home, let them pick out a couple pieces of candy. And then talk about the what? What do they call it? The um, the Easter witch or something like that. She comes that night. That night, I might tone it down to the the Easter angel. But you put the, have her put that candy. Have he or she, your boy or girl, put your candy outside. Close the door. Have have the kid go to sleep, and then you replace it with a toy they like in in like a Halloween bucket. So the next day they don't have all the sweets, but they have a new uh, treat. That's kind of cool. A new toy to play with. And then obviously keep the candy or do what I do. Just eat it all yourself. But then you can have, you know, treats for the kids. But here is their list of worst candies. Top of the list, worst candy, candy corn, <laughs> followed by hot tamales. That See, they were on the other one's top ten, but now they're the bottom numero uno and dos. Uh, candy corn, hot tamales, followed by atomic fireballs, and then jawbreakers. Okay, bit of honey. That always seems sticky to me, like it's going to pull out cavities, if you have cavities. I got the old school cavity still, the ones you got in the, the 80s where if if you are old enough to know what the the metal or steel or whatever the shit cavities you have, um, what it's like to bite into tinfoil 
A lot of younger people might not know that sensation. That is horrifying. That's worse than licking one of those square batteries. But Bit of Honey, I always figured, would pull my stuff out. They have Peeps on here. And I always consider Peeps more of a, an Easter candy. And then it goes to Hot Tamales that run the other list. Those Brock's uh, Pumpkin Candies, I never cared for those. It's like a large candy corn. I, I'm assuming that's just... I, I like candy corn, but Brock's a little bit much. And then it goes into Almond Joy. Huh. And Dots, Red Hots. Cadbury cream egg. I don't think you can you even get those at Halloween. That's that's we're talking Easter here. I'm looking at the yeah the worst Halloween candies they're saying. And then uh, Mentos, bad candy, great commercials. Uh, Tootsie rolls. I enjoy too. They're a little sticky. I like Tootsie rolls. Then jelly beans. They make weird jelly beans too. I've seen like foot. Huh. They don't make butt, do they? And then double bubble. It's a you know it's a bubble gum. And then lemon heads. Lemon heads I dug. They're kind of like a uh, a poor man's Skittles. But that's the candy list. And then obviously the big uh, the big uh, candy bars are for the people that go out of their way. Now, let's before we break, let's get into movies. I was talking at the beginning about Halloween movies, and I don't think you need to. Um, I'm going to do top 11. Because I'm putting all 11. Uh, is it 11 Halloween movies? They're all going to number one. So however many they made, I, I make it a habit of going to see. I like a good uh, one of those cinema draft house places where you get like milkshakes and food and stuff and you eat the whole time and, and you got your friends next to you screaming. That's fun. But uh, so Halloween, you can't go wrong for a good Halloween movie. I mean, it's the, the proof's in the pudding right there. My favorite movie of all time is The Exorcist. And I'm not sure that's a Halloween movie. But it sure is scary. The scariest movie of all time, they say. It still bothers me. I started watching The Exorcist because uh, when I was on deployment in uh, the Middle East in 1999-2000, we had these flats in a, an apartment complex called the Lanai Plaza. Uh, I'm at SEAL Team 2, and we had a... That's where when the term pipe hitters became popular because of the movie Pulp Fiction. But we had some pipe hitters where... You need to be able to bench press at least 300 pounds. That was a thing. Uh, um, we had some We had some dudes you've heard about, I think. Drago was in that platoon. Jocko was in that platoon. A couple other dudes that were just studs. Steve Drum was in that platoon. You can see him on the internet. Great public speaker. Handsome ginger like myself. A couple other guys that uh, all, all good, all great dudes. And so, uh, But when we were over there, I started watching the movie Exorcist. I saw it for the first time there because Jocko told me uh, something about you should watch this movie every single day until it stops scaring you, which I did and have been doing because it still scares me. But uh, my favorite movie is The Exorcist. We have the Halloweens are at a different level. Then we go The Exorcist. And I'm again, I'm not going by um, horror or necessarily family-friendly. I try to bounce it around. If you have a young kid, don't watch any of The Exorcist with them. Just bad juju. I'm going to get into The Exorcist in a minute because that's just the, the entire story about The Exorcist is fascinating and what I learned in my uh, trembling history since then. But uh, The Exorcist, Adam's Family. Now, there's a family movie. I love that. I love Raul Julia. Gomez is probably the greatest character, as far as I'm concerned, in cartoon slash pinball slash movie history. The, the Adam's Family pinball I had at my house. A while back, I had to sell it because I don't have room in my new place. I will get it again. I learned how to play the Adams Family pinball game at the Vu Villa in Butte, Montana. And I was one of the top three. Uh, I was not the best. I think it was either in between Derek Hendrickson and Ron Haskett. They were the best. 
I was a number three. But eventually, I th- I'm sure they got to the point. You know there's a level in a, in a pinball machine? I think they got to a point where they took that out so they could cheat. I'm standing by that. But getting the, um, the, the, the mansion tour in Adam's family or getting uh, the mamushka, which was awesome, Raise the Dead, and um, um, what was it? Multiball. Multiball, yeah. Anyway, Adam's Family is a good one. Now, number three, not including the Halloween thing, but my my number three is Smile. For horror's sake, because again, you're getting into demons. If you haven't seen Smile, it's a great movie. Very scary. Um, it's it's um it's more in your head. And I, if you're by yourself, if you are jumpy, watch it at noon. Give yourself a a couple hours afterwards of watching, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia or The Office. Something that's going to get your mind right. And I follow Smile with one of the scariest movies I've seen is The Ring. And I think that's scary simply because I didn't know what I was getting into. I was at SEAL Team 2 at the time, and I went to see The Ring by myself at night. And then I was living in a house with two roommates. Mike Sowers from Forge was one of them. He was out of town on a trip, and the other uh, Kiwi was there. He was on a trip. I'm by myself in a three-story house after watching The Ring. Excellent movie. Excellent characters. Very unique storyline. But that girl coming out of the well, man, that still gives me a uh, hoo yah hey. Uh, I, I mentioned the um, the knife wielding maniac. I, if I go down there at three in the morning and there's a little girl with black hair, guess who? Uh, guess who's guess who's breaking a land speed record, jumping out the window? That's me. So I follow the ring with the Devil's Rejects. Very entertaining. I, speaking of The Office, I don't like what happens to Dwight, but the Devil's Reject, Rob Zombie, Sherry Moon Zombie playing the character Baby. She's like a really really evil sweet D from. Always Sunny. A lot of Always Sunny and Office references. But uh, The Devil's Reject, a classic that you can watch with kids. It's very funny because entertaining. Parents will get the jokes is uh, Young Frankenstein. Timeless classic. Another classic that I love, not necessarily um, Halloween, but Ghostbusters. The scariest part of that movie is at the beginning when you um, see the librarian and she's shushing him and all of a sudden that big zombie comes up. But Dan uh, Dan Aykroyd's in that, obviously. Bill Murray, uh, uh, um one, uh, Harold Ramis, who, who I think wrote all those classic movies um, for Groundhog Day. Not a Halloween movie, but an excellent movie. But Ghostbusters, go see that. The, the old one, not the new crap. Uh, the Shining is very entertaining. Eerie enough for the kids to kind of dig it, but there's subliminal stuff in there that parents know about. Great movie. Here's one you didn't expect. The Karate Kid. You tell me that's not a Halloween movie. You tell me when Daniel goes in there as the shower... And then Johnny's in there. Johnny and some of his boys from Cobra Kai are trying to smoke some weed in the stall dressed as skeletons. Karate Kid's a Halloween movie, and uh, Full Metal Jacket's a Christmas movie. And then my favorite for kids that's good for the creepy value is Beetlejuice. Because, uh, you know, Beetlejuice, man. It's fun, and uh, the the actress who played Moira in, in Schitt's Creek is in there. It's awesome. And Winona Ryder's uh, best performance, if there is one. And those are the... Uh, my favorite Halloween movies on Halloween. Uh, I just saw the new Exorcist, The Exorcist Believer, and it was oh, I mean, it's it's set up okay, like it started good, and uh, they threw stuff in there from the past, uh, a lot of flashes. Like if you're watching that, put your phone down, don't be looking because you're waiting for the subliminal stuff because the original Exorcist. Uh, had all kinds of subliminal stuff in there. But the the new one was okay. I didn't care for the ending. They, I think it was too quick. 
Uh, I'm not going to ruin it. it. It is worth watching. It's fun. It's not extremely scary because it really doesn't get into certain religions. It's more of a Caribbean-type vibe, a voodoo. There is a Catholic priest. There's also a minister. I'm sure there's some snake charmers in there and weird stuff. And then the demons, to me, weren't as good as the original because the original was the demon Pazuzu, who's a Mesopotamian devil, demon. Demon? Demon? Mesopotamian demon Pazuzu. You knew who he was, and he was a good liar. Shit, he would have been a great reporter nowadays, just feeding you full of shit. He would have been great behind a um, podium. But, uh, yeah, big fan of the original Exorcist. I like that because that's actually based on uh, a true story, which is kind of weird. It's uh, a kid by the name of Roland Doe was in near Maryland in the 1940s, and he uh, – he weird stuff started happening to this kid Roland Doe. It was the, the Exorcist. The movie was was written by uh, William Peter Blatty, and um, based off of uh, what happened in Maryland to this kid. His 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 aunt showed him a um, a Ouija board and how to use it. And we all know what the Ouija board is pretty bad. Um, it's really bad. I mean, the name Ouija itself, we and ja. So we in French is yes, and then ja is yes in German. So you're saying yes, yes, like enemy bad shit. But his aunt showed Roland Doe this, and weird stuff started happening to this kid in Maryland in the 40s. But that's, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think the right thing to play with, and I know the the kids are getting into the uh, the cards and whatnot and reading your fortune, and I think, I mean, personally, I think you're just kind of inviting bad shit into your life. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of us who went to war now come back and find themselves more religious. You'll see dudes that are complete badasses, but they're quoting scripture because there's, you know, nothing wrong with that. Again, um, whatever religion gives you peace, that's fine. I don't have the answers there, but you know, we went over to Iraq, Afghanistan, and we went over there with the best intentions, but I think we brought some bad stuff back with us, and that's kind of the same thing with I think with the uh, with. With the games they play there, whatnot. I mean, even the original um, Exorcist was based out of Mosul, Iraq, uh, where they, where uh, one of the characters, one of the priests, also a scientist, went to find some stuff, and like the he he was, or not necessarily an archaeologist, I don't think, but he was he found the the a statue of the demon Pazuzu. I mentioned him. I'm tired of saying that name, the Mesopotamian demon. But uh, back to Roland Doe, his his aunt showed him uh, a Ouija board, and then weird stuff started happening around. The house, and they so in, back in 1949, they brought a Lutheran minister in to see him, and the minister kind of talked to the kid, and the kid was speaking different languages. He was speaking Latin, which is a language he'd never heard, and uh, the the Lutheran minister came out and basically said, "You need a Catholic priest, the right of exorcism." I think most religions have a right of exorcism, but the Catholics are the most famous for it, especially because of the movie. The Exorcist, and then in uh, April of 1949, the priest had done several exorcisms on this kid, Roland Doe. They tried to keep his name out of it, but it was in the Washington Post. It was very famous story, obviously. I said William Peter Blatty did write it, write a book about it. But um, the, there was um, the, uh, the bishop that performed the exorcism on this kid kept a diary, and he said at the very, very end... This kid was speaking voices and stuff's rattling, and I'm not necessarily sure there was an elevation, levitation like there was with the character Reagan and the extras, but um, all of a sudden, um, a voice from the kid, a man's voice came out of the kid's mouth, and the quote from his 
journal, his his um, diary was uh, Satan, Satan, I am Saint Michael, and I command you, Satan, and the other evil spirits to leave the body in the name of Dominus immediately, now, now, now. And after um, months of unending torment, uh, I guess the kid was fine. And he said all that, and he said in the name of uh, Dominus, which is the Lord. And he's speaking that in Latin. That's what it means. That, that's the whole argument, too. <laughs> Have you heard? I was raised Catholic, never really understood why we were doing what or what we said, but I did know I'm learning now because <laughs> I wasn't really taught, so I'm teaching myself. Um, the big argument you've probably seen on the internet and whatnot is when you say, the Lord be with you, and the response used to be, and also with you, but now they change it to, and with your spirit, because somewhere in the Latin uh, translation, I think it actually means with you and with your spirits, and also with you, things like that. But the original is uh, is Dominus Vobiscum, which means the Lord be with you. So when, when he said, this is St. Michael, command you to leave in the name of Dominus, saying in the name of the Lord. By the way, in... in um, in Latin, it's um, et cum spiritu tuo, which is, and with you and with your spirit. So that's a little behind that. But then uh, um, William P- Peter Blatty wrote The uh, Exorcist, and then William Friedkin wanted to turn that into a movie, which is The Exorcist. And that was a story that was based out of Iraq. One of the characters um, went over there, Father Dyer, I think, and he found Pazuzu, and they brought him back. And it was the the demon Pazuzu who was taunting... Father Karras. He wasn't after Reagan, the little girl. He was after Father Karras because his mother had just died, and he was questioning his faith as a priest, so the demon went after him. And and there was weird shit that went on during the movie. Like, they had that... They had a thing made um, in, in Hollywood of Pazuzu, and that was like the one arm up, one arm down. You see it. Uh, that's Pazuzu. They, they shipped it to um, Iraq. I have this in a magazine I'm reading right here. They shipped it to Mosul, and it got lost on the way... And it was addressed um, from Warner Brothers to the care of the Bathus Party in Mosul. <laughs> and somehow or another, it ended up in Denmark. So weird stuff happened about um, on the set of this movie. It's about the 12-year-old girl, Reagan, played by Linda Blair. It was actually filmed in New York because of child labor laws. They had her working all the time. And they were, you know, weird stuff would happen on the set, like the, um, the set burned down a few times. Uh, the entire set. Like, th- there was excuses of, like, a pigeon flew in and it burned down at night or whatnot. And... They didn't have the technology we have today, so the scenes in The Exorcist where they're breathing, you can see breath coming out, but they didn't, they couldn't make it like they could today with like Avatar and shit like that. So they had to freeze it to below, like below 32, to below freezing, film for 10 minutes at a time. Um, and then they had a scene where the demon's in there, and, and you can see Linda Blair, who played Reagan, getting bounced off of things, uh, and she's screaming, Help, make it stop. It hurts, it hurts. Wasn't part of the script because there was, like, she was attached to something around her her waist in the bed and they're yank. There's a stunt man behind the wall yanking it. And she's actually screaming, make it stop. It hurts. Such a good take. They kept it. So that's weird. Uh, family members were dying. The movie was released and uh, you know, it was given decent ratings. They were saying that the people were experiencing fear, shock, horror, nausea. Um, they said people were passing out and puking in line. The movie made a ton of money. Um, but there were so many things in there that uh, they added just to make it feel weird. Like originally, there's a there's a scene called the Spider Walk that wasn't in the original movie. That's when Reagan's upstairs, like right before there's a priest playing the piano, and Reagan comes down and she looks at the priest and says, "You're gonna die up there," and they think she has epilepsy or whatever, and they're giving her Ritalin and shit. And she goes back up. Then after the party's over, she does a Spider Walk, which was actually performed by Ann Mills, who was a gymnast, where she's upside down coming down the stairs. 
they left it out of the original movie because they said they didn't want to get an X rating. Most horror movies were like B movies back in the day. The Exorcist is off the charts. Uh, if you see the remastered version with that, that'll send chills up your spine. They also had um, a stunt double doing the scenes. There's graphic scenes in there that they didn't have a 12-year-old actress do because it was so bad. And then the one where she pukes up the pea soup and you can see the death face, which is Father Karras' face with makeup and yellow teeth. That thing flashes all over the place, the whole movie. It's freaky as hell. And and what also they're playing in the in the in the bizarre scenes in the movie. In the background, if you really pay attention or mess with your audio, you can hear two things uh, as they show the death face, which is um, buzzing bees and squealing pigs. You can sort of hear that, and they're flashing the death face most of the time, so that your periphery, not your periphery, but your you 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 see it without seeing it. And the the buzzing bees and the squealing pigs are in the background because as humans, you realize what do you think when you hear a bunch of buzzing bees? You, you're uncomfortable, and squealing pigs. Something is getting tortured and killed. So that's there, the Death Places fashion. Excellent movie. Got two, I think, two Academy Awards. Anyway, scary movie. My favorite. I love candy corn. I'll still me- I might melt a Snickers after this. I love Halloween. Um, I'm gonna conclude with a story I may have told before, but I need to tell it again because um we've done stuff all over the place. We've done missions on Christmas, on Super Bowl Sunday. On Thanksgiving, on Easter, and um, one of my most notable was on Halloween in Iraq in, no, Afghanistan. Yeah, Afghanistan. It was after Iraq. So right around 2006, maybe maybe eight. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Halloween. We were over there with a small crew in Afghanistan, and we were hunting down these Taliban bomb makers, and we rolled up on a place. Um, I was with my buddy Lance Vaccaro, uh, who, God rest his soul, was no longer with us, but he was there. Called him Cobra, and he would always get in situations where he almost got hurt but didn't. And uh, it involves our kick-ass snipers. I know everybody wants to be a sniper. Um, one of our guys, I mentioned in the book, The Operator. You may have read it. You may not have. It's a, I'll get you a copy of The Operator 2 signed with whatever you want at RJO Apparel. Or go to uh, at Mikuya on Instagram. Or just you know follow at The Operator Podcast on Instagram because the at Mikuya is a little bit restricted. Um, but you can find all that stuff there. I'll get you a book. I'll sign it, anything you want within reason. But this story is in there. On Halloween, we went after some uh, IED makers on Halloween. We roll up to their house, and what we were doing was kind of creeping in to their house. I found myself in a three-man position, and as we're walking in the house, the one man went left, my other buddy went right, and I came in. Now, I walk in the room, my buddy, I don't. I forgot what I called him in the book, but he's over here, and he's he is... Uh, wrestling with this dude they're in a fight like a fist fight and i'm three man so i i got this whole thing right here and uh these there's these two dudes there's ak's next to them they're obvious these are obviously bad guys i can just tell by the way they look the way their guns are and they've got some grenades and whatnot there and i look at them and they kind of wake up and they both go for their guns and i was able to say my only hollywood line ever in combat i started that gunfight with the words trick or treat motherfuckers so that started and my buddy, the number one man through the room, he had he had yet to kill a guy. And uh, he looked at me and he goes, damn it, Rob. He might have called me Nisro. Damn it, Nisro. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Not important story. He goes, you always kill people. I never get to kill people. This is bullshit. And I said, well, throw that motherfucker in the middle of the room and shoot him. And he goes, the guy, he's, he got in a headlock or whatever, looks up and goes, no, no, sir. This is bad idea. And uh, me and... My boy look at, both look at him and kind of go, who the fuck's talking to you? Obviously, we didn't do that. 
But uh, we were able to, uh, I was a battlefield interrogator. I did talk to that guy later, and because of what happened to his friends, he told us where some other friends were. But the thing about Lance, which is crazy, because weird shit happens in combat. And a lot of times with Lance, who we called Cobra. Um, I came outside, I'm looking, and all of a sudden, Lance got attacked by a local dog. Um, they have like they hate dogs, but they have dogs everywhere. Like when you're first walking to houses uh, at night on Halloween or at you know onto a target, you start hearing dogs the whole way in, and they're barking and barking, and you're wondering why no one's waking up. Well, it's because the dogs are always barking, so you get used to it. Anyway, one of these stray dogs, he latches on to uh, to um, to Lance, and Lance is kind of dancing around. These kids are lined up against the wall. God bless them, and. Uh, he, he's getting bit by this dog, and we. Um, he starts saying, can I shoot this thing? And we're like, yeah, shoot it. So he gets a shot off, and for some reason, and he was so squared away, everything about Lance was perfect. The way he folded stuff, the way he put it away, the way he cleaned things, everything is perfect. A lot like my desk right here with magazines and shit. Everywhere. Just kidding. Lance had everything great. And uh, he shoots it, but it jams, and he only gut shot the thing. So now the dog will not release his grip. And he's yelping through his teeth, how are you can do that? And Lance is trying to re- whatever, and our sniper's up top, and you hear him just go, oh, for fuck's sake, boom. So he blasts the dog off. The kids are screaming. Happy Halloween. So um, that was a Halloween story, not the most pleasant. And I also mentioned a movie that's not the most pleasant. But get some. Uh, if you get some good candy, hand it out. Don't hand out the bullshit. I'd recommend stay away from candy corn. Leave it for me. Don't give out. Black licorice, and you're never out of the fight.